Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. Um, all right, today we're going to start week three of our final message that we are calling Closer. And the whole point of this series has been how you can grow closer to God through worship. And before we get to the content for today, let's do a quick recap of week one and week two. Week one, uh, we first talked on you were made to worship. There was Michael the angel who was responsible for warring over the principalities when you pray. There was an angel, Gabriel, who was responsible for delivering the word. We first see Gabriel in the, in the Christmas message with Mary. And then there's this third angel. And these three angels are all of what heaven is represented by. And you have this third angel named Lucifer. And Lucifer's sole responsibility was to bring reverence to God. He was over the worship portion of heaven, and then pride got into Lucifer's life, and he thought he should be as high as God. He saw himself higher than what God was, and then the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that he saw, that Jesus saw Satan fall like a flash of lightning. Side note, we have this mindset that there's this battle between God and this battle between Satan. Let me go ahead and clarify something for you real quick. There is no battle. The power of the pinky of God is more powerful than anything that Satan can do in your life, can do in, in your marriage, in your family. That is the power of God. So don't get in the mindset of there's this battle of good and evil with the little shoulder guys over here you see in the cartoon. No, 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 no. God is God. We're going to get that in the straight clear right now. Are we all right with that? Okay, and then whenever Lucifer fell, there came an open seat on the board of directors. And the board of directors, God had to fill the third empty seat. And when he was discovering, defining, deciding how he wanted to fill that empty seat, he made you with the ability to worship. He made you to fill the third seat on the board of directors because your job is to bring reverence to God. After we learned that we were made to worship, we learned why we were made to worship. And the Bible teaches us that we were made in the image of God. And when you're made from something, it takes something to make something out of it. And so we use the example of the tree. And whenever you have a seed and you plant it in the ground, the seed in the ground develops into a tree. But if the seed comes out of the ground, the tree will never begin to be able to be developed because it's taken out of the very essence of what the tree can thrive in. We following along? So in the same manner, there's a potter and clay. Whenever you're made out of something, the potter takes the lump of clay and makes a pot out of the clay. The pot could not be a pot unless he made it from something. The Bible says in Genesis that he made vegetation. So produce, it comes from the ground. And if you've ever had a gopher or anything in your backyard, they'll go and pluck that out of the ground. And what happens to your carrots? They die. They can only thrive in the area of which they were developed to be made within. 
So you were made in the image of God. The only way you can thrive as a Christian is to be under, under the understanding that you are made by God. You are to be sustained by God. And to God, you will return. Without God in the center of your life, you will not do what God's called you to do because you are taken away from the very element that causes you to thrive. Week two. That was all week one. You guys should have been at week one if you weren't at week one. We got into some good stuff, didn't we? Yeah. Week two, I kind of geeked out on you all because of Cindy back over there. Uh, we learned how to worship God's way, and we looked at the role of music and how scientifically music plays a role on your emotions, but it also plays a role on your health. And the last piece of scientific data that we talked about last week, I want to read it to make sure I say it exactly how it was, was from Med Journal. And it says, music does two major things to us. It can either be optimizing or it can be pathogenic. I had to look up what those meant because I didn't have a clue. Optimizing means that music can literally make your brain, the exact term is, operate with greater efficiency. So music can make your brain operate with greater efficiency. But music also is pathogenic, which means, this is exact wording, music can bring about disease to your body. The very element of what Lucifer was created to do was to bring worship to God, was to make your brain more efficient, was to make your spirit man more efficient. When he fell like the flash of lightning, it all of a sudden brought disease to your body. I'm not going to be your Holy Spirit, but I do want to bring this to your forefront of your mind. What music are you listening to? We had a friend of ours in Tulsa. She was a, a great girl. And um, you know who I'm talking about. She grew up in a Christian home, went to college, just, just followed after the Lord. And she got these friends, and these friends of hers were real big into country music. Nothing wrong with country music. I like country. Give me some good Rascal Flatts. I like country music. Is that country music? Is Rascal Flatts country music? That's, that's my version of country music. And Garth Brooks, all right, whatever. And she said uh, this girl who had never really wanted to date, never really wanted to do much other than just follow God and do what God's called her to do. She said that after listening to country music for a month, what happened? She wanted a boyfriend and she wanted to start drinking and she wanted to go out and start doing things that she had never done before. She said that she had a friend of hers tell her, what kind of music are you listening to? Her words, right? She said, I quit listening to this particular genre of music. My desire for wanting a boyfriend stopped. My desire for wanting to go to the bar and go club hopping stopped. Whatever you put in you comes out of you. Whatever you put in you takes root into your heart. And once something reaches your heart, it creates a future. That's good. That's not even in my notes. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is the music she listens to influences her. So you've got to be careful with the influences that you have in your life. So we talked about how to worship God's way last week, and then we all became Hebrew scholars. Can anyone tell me the seven Hebrew words? If you do, I've got a cash full of money waiting for you. Because, no, you can't even pull out your, you left your Bible here all week, Terrence. I know you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but we learned seven words what the word praise. We said, what does worship the way that God wants? Because what we realize is we do a lot of things that we think we should like it, that we want to do it. And we looked at marriage kind of as an analogy. And, and Adrienne and I, whenever we begin, whenever we first got married, she wanted to be acknowledged one way. I acknowledged her a different way. I thought I was doing her a good thing, acknowledging her the way that I wanted her to be acknowledged. But it wasn't until I discovered that wasn't her needing to be acknowledged that way. I was the one messing up. So I had to learn what does she like? What does she want to, what, 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 what kind of big gifts does she want this week? What, what kind of shopping trip does she want this week? And I had to find out what these things were. And then whenever I began to meet the needs that she wanted, let's just get raw and relevant here. She began to meet the needs that I wanted. And there was this part of her that opened up to me because I began to express my love to her in a way that she wanted. So when it comes to worshiping God, we have this mindset, this idea, I'm going to worship God my way, I'm going to do it this way. But we looked last week on how does God want to be worshiped? How can we look at God? And we talked about the, that Palm Sunday and, and they had a parade for Jesus and, and they were yelling praises to you, God our Father, Jesus. And we looked at that word praise, and it really means seven different things. Go on YouTube to find out what they mean. <laughs> you can go to our website, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. You can check those out there and get those seven things. But in short, it means to lift your hands and worship. It means to kneel. It means to actually means to get a, a, a stringed instrument and, and to pluck those bad boys. It, it means to re bring reverence and honor with a loud voice unto God. So we've got to worship God the way that he wants to be worshipped. And I asked you last week, which I don't really want you to raise your hands because I don't want to hear how many of you didn't do it. But did any of you actually put into practice those things during your prayer time? Kind of walk around the house and lift your hands. Maybe walk around the house and kind of get a little excited. Put a little boogie in your step. No, yeah, somebody, okay. If you didn't, we've got seven more days this week. So try this week and, and take one of those words each day and say, God, I'm going to halal you. That was one of the Hebrew words. I'm going to lift my hands and worship to you. Why do we come to church and lift our hands? It's because that's what God desires. That's what the word literally means to worship God is to kneel, is to bend at our knees, to lift our hands. And so we looked at to worship God the way that he wants it, the way that brings honor to him. That was the first two weeks. So that brings us to week three, which is today. And it's our final message in this series of Closer. And this is the most practical one that we're going to discuss. And so let's look in your notes at Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. And let's read this real quick. Uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here is the commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And whenever we look at this, we think this is one commandment that we're supposed to follow. And then you begin, if you're like my brain, you start thinking, well, there's ten commandments that we're supposed to follow. But if you know the Bible and you've gone to Bible school, they actually show you there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament that the people were supposed to follow. 
And they sit here and say, how in the world are we supposed to follow 600 laws? And this is why Jesus was so ridiculed by all the Pharisees. Because he said, all those are important. All of the laws of the Old Testament had one thing in common. Was for you to bring honor to God. But it became, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. So it became this understanding that it's almost impossible to follow after God. And Jesus comes in and Mark and says, hold on, hold on, hold on. All this is important. All this directs me to me as the forefront. But let me tell you what the most important is. And that's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In other words, the most important thing we can do is to fall in love with God. In fact, the secret, Christi- to the, the secret to Christianity is this. Write this in your notes. If you want to know the true secret of... You, you want to know how come it's easy to follow after God? You want to know how come you look at 600 laws and sit here and think, well, that's not that big of a deal. I, can, I, I got that under control. I, I don't want to go off and do this. I don't want to act this way. I want to be this way. You want to know how come that becomes real easy for you? Because I'm about to give you the single most greatest piece of advice you've ever heard in your life. Write this down. The secret to Christianity. Falling in love with God. The secret to Christianity. Is falling in love with God. Here's what I've learned. The closer you get to God the less all these laws feel like commandments, the less they feel like don't do this, don't do that. You hear people say the Bible is just a book of don'ts and it's no fun and it's a life sucker and I just don't want any part of it. Let me give you an analogy to help you understand. Let's pretend that you all are toddlers. You're five years old. And I'm thinking this because I've got Matthew who's four and this is something he wanted to do the other day at the park and. They have these, at the park, they have these jungle gyms, and they have those, what, what are those monkey bars? You climb, go to one, to the next, to the next, to the next. And Matthew wanted to go up there and go across the monkey bars. You and I both know that a four-year-old doesn't have the strength on his own to make it through the monkey bars. And they're high enough off the ground that if he were to try... He might get the first bar. He maybe got get to the second bar, but he ain't making that third bar. And what's going to happen? He's going to fall. He's going to break his arm. He's going to break his leg. He's going to cry. And a whole new realm of problems come into place. He looks at it as mom and dad are mean, stopping me from having fun. But because I understand the consequences of what could happen in that situation, I'm not stifling his fun. I'm creating and making sure he's in a safe environment. Whenever we look at the laws of the Old Testament, what God's called us to do, it's not that God doesn't want you to have fun. He's looking at the totality of the picture saying, wait a minute, I know there's more to the equation than what you understand. So I'm going to put these guide rails in place. And these guide rails that we put in place are going to keep you down the path that's going to bring you the greatest victory in your life. These laws were there to protect you. The purpose of the laws of the Old Testament were to point us to Jesus. And you you don't have the strength to make it through on your own because you will fall and get hurt 
because we don't know the whole picture. Are we following where we're going with this? So the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize that he is there to protect you because he wants to have a relationship with you. In our first week, we talked on that you were made for worship. Our second week, we studied on how to worship God's way. And today, for the remainder of just our few minutes we have left, I want to focus on that scripture in verse 31. That we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Let's break it down. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.